Right, we got Adrian with us. Is, is that how you say your name? Adrian. Yep, Adrian. Yep. Adrian with with an Australia accent. <laughs> so my first question, and and this is all of America wants to know first, or at least I want to know. Maybe Jason wants to know. Maybe. Is Crocodile Dundee and the Man from Snowy River are those as popular of movies over there as they are here? They are iconic movies, but no, not Crocodile Dundee is pretty popular. Yeah. yeah <laughs> He's cool. He's old school cool now. Like, yeah. Mick, Mick, Mick Dundee. Don't forget Steve Irwin too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't no. forget Steve Irwin as well. <laughs> so, so man from snowy river doesn't, doesn't register. It is. Yeah. It's, it's an old iconic movie. Every, everyone knows it. Everyone's seen it more than once. Put it that way. Yeah. Okay. The, the mountain is a, is a guy who comes down the mountain and yeah, yeah it's old down. school, but yeah, every Australian's watched that. That's, that's probably something we've all watched many times. I think we're on to a new segment here, buddy, because this is the second time we've given like movie references slash movie reviews. Maybe (laughs) this should be the new shtick after Escanaba. Last time we were talking, they were talking about Rambo, and I'm like, I don't know, but you know what? I know Crocodile Dundee, and I know Man from (laughs) Snowy River. He knows what a knife is. (laughs) I had to, I had to uh, have my kids. We finally watched those with my kids because they're like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Oh no, you, you." We've got to bring you up to speed on a couple movies. So we got a whole list of like 80s movies and 90s movies that, that we're just slowly going through with the kids because we feel they'll be deprived if they have um, these movies. How long do you predict this will go for this, this morning or this evening? How long do you want to talk? How long do you want podcasts to go Hour? For? Hour? Yeah. We'll have to, we can't go any longer than that because it's uh, 8.18 in the morning and I open the shop at uh, 9.30. So we got, we got the hour, but yeah, no more. All right. Yeah. Then yeah. We'll, we'll keep rolling. So we got an hour. Yeah. yeah. Um. So with that said, is we want to first talk about, so there's some, I guess everybody I've seen on Facebook, our, our phones have been getting blown up. This Alpha 200 that was released over in Australia. So we want to, we want to, you know, we want to hear from you what that is and what that isn't. It's not available in the U.S. And so that's one of the reasons um, we, we wanted to have you on as a guest. But, but first and foremost, our podcast is about dogs and hunting. And so let's talk about that first and, yep. and get to the, to the boring stuff for everybody later. Um, so tell us a little bit about who you are. How'd you get started? And you are, and your, your company is, is how, how you say it? Bris, Brisbane? Brisbane. Brisbane Hunting Supplies. Brisbane. So, so tell Brisbane us about Hunting. your history. Good, good to go. We're on. Oh, we've been rolling for all. We're already rolling. <laughs> Damn, okay. You haven't to listened to our podcast before, <laughs> man. It's I cold to, start. Yeah. I was waiting for the one, two, three. Let's go. Okay, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Back up. Back up. Okay. Let's go. Yeah, so my history, um, been hunting since I was a boy. Um, my dad used to do a lot of hunting out in uh, Western Queensland, mainly uh, uh, pig hunting, we call it. You might call it hog hunting, but yeah, in Australia, it's just called pig hunting. Um, about 10 years ago, I, I'm a carpenter by trade and um, I didn't have a hunting shop 10 years ago. I was positioned out in Western Queensland and there ain't a lot to do out there apart from drinking beer and chasing pigs and fishing maybe. So yeah, pretty good at all three of those. So we um, got right into the hunting and I, I got a few more dogs and I said something you weren't, you hadn't done before drinking beer and, and running dogs. You're like, yeah, we've mastered those. We got to try something. We got to try something different. <laughs> so I just got good at all three, I suppose. But yeah. Um, living out there, I got right into it, like hunting sort of three or four days a week. Then about five years ago, five, six years ago, I moved back to Brisbane. Um, and there's a few pigs around Brisbane here. That's right on the coast in Queensland, but you sort of got to travel to catch the pigs. So it's, it's not as, I'm not hunting 
three or four nights a week anymore. I sort of go three or four times a month now on a good month. So that's limited a bit. But uh, moving back here to Brisbane, there's a lot of gun shops uh, that sold all your hunting gear, your camo, rifles, bullets, everything, just like a typical gun store in America. But there was no one specialising in, in the pig dog side of things, as in the, the GPS collars, the protection, the first aid kits, the, all the different things that we use with dogs. Yeah. And, you know, my wife and I was just sitting at home one Sunday afternoon and said, well, you know, why don't we open a shop? So we'll see how we go. So we, we got onto some suppliers and, and we started off really small. Like um, we hired a little old mechanic shop, a uh, little tiny shop front. But we got all the accounts set up and we, we got a couple of each item and, and things started off uh, pretty steady. And then all of a sudden, um, a year or two into it, things were getting very busy. So we both end up um, quitting our sort of part-time jobs and the jobs that we were doing and had the job full time running the shop. What were what's up? Hold on. What were you doing before? Uh, I'm a carpenter by trade, so yeah. Okay. Uh, commercial high rises and stuff like that. Um, my wife was a receptionist, so she sort of got all the the skills to run the business side of things here. So she's the backbone of, of our website and and all this that sort of thing. She's she's the brains. She's you're, so you're saying she's the brains of the operation. You want something done, you needed to ask for Rachel, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that works. Oh yeah, I so she just had a little. She just popped in the room over there. She had a little giggle. So yeah, go <laughs> <laughs> forward now. I'm not in trouble. So, um, so we got a shop front. We've always had the shop front. I suppose that's what's kept us a little bit different to a lot of other hunting supply shops in Australia, which only have their online side of things. So, the yeah. shop fronts worked really well. I never realised there were so many actual hunters that will walk through the door in a city in Queensland or Brisbane. Like there's so many hunters that do walk through the door, but. Still, the majority of our sales are internet and phone based. So we send stuff well, not only around the world, but pretty well cover the whole of Australia with, with the hunting gear. Um, we, can, we, can, we can kind of relate to that. I mean, it, it, yeah. that's, that's a lot similar to our story on how it starts. And it's, it's really interesting to watch something that you, you didn't know and to watch it grow. And it sounds like you guys yeah. are doing really good right now. Yeah, we had, a, we had a little game plan. We thought, you know, I think we could do this as a sort of a part-time gig and then we can make a bit of money out of it. And now it's... Now we employ like um, six people in total and um, it's a full-time six-day-a-week gig and yeah. Nice. Very and it goes just fast, got, huh? That, that growing period is real fast when it's... Yeah, uh, when, yeah, it's when you look back, you think, wow, yeah. So it doesn't, doesn't, six years ago we started, it doesn't seem like yesterday sometimes, but yeah, when you look back at what we've achieved and we've moved into a bigger shop now, so um, we got room, we manufacture a fair bit of hunting gear, so needed room for our sewing machines and stuff like that as well as, as all the other stuff we have, so... Number one, how big a shop you're running and, and what are you manufacturing for, for the dogs? Uh, the, the shop's about 250 square metres, so square yards, I suppose, in, in, the, in the size of the, you know, the concrete shed that we have here. Uh, we're in a, on a sort of fairly main road. Um, what we manufacture, we manufacture a lot of the um, protective covers for the Garmin collars, bags, um, not just for the Garmin stuff, but outdoor bags when you're going out camping, out bush, like heavy-duty vinyl bags. Yeah. Uh, holsters, chest holsters you wear for the um, garment stuff, uh, knife sheaths. Uh, we manufacture, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of more. There's so much stuff we do here now, but the uh, majority of the stuff is sort of goes with our garment deals and the kits, first aid bags, uh, quad bike accessories we make for the four wheelers and that. We do lots of um, stuff for them, storage bags for them. And we're also cool. getting into sort of aluminium gear, like dog boxes and, and quad bike racks and all that sort of stuff. So there's, we're trying to basically make a lot of stuff here in Australia, so trying to get away from importing anything from China and that. We're, we're trying to get all Australian made, Australian owned, that sort of thing. So, yeah. So, let, so you said dog box there. <clears throat> How? So that that just triggers me because I don't know a lot of the stuff I know about, but 
how do you guys transport your dogs? What what does a dog box look look like for you guys? Have you seen a U.S. dog box? Have you seen some of our dog boxes and the rig boxes? Yeah, I've, I've been to America twice last year, and I've yeah, I've actually built a very similar one. I got a new Ram, and I've um, just built like an American style one in the tub because most of most of the Australian trucks, or we call them Utes over here, the most guys that hunt up a Ute, they're a flat tray, so we call them flatbed. So we don't have the tub as such. Most guys have the flat tray, so they'll hunt their dogs off the front of the tray. And most people only usually put the dog box to the back. So that dog yeah. box usually will cater for maybe four dogs. The average guy will just have a dog box that you sort of put to each side and cater for four. Some guys with more dogs will have another two bays. So, but most guys always leave that front section up so the dogs can, can work off it, off that flat tray at the front. Okay. So I'm going to like, this is so unique to our customers. And so we're going to, are you rigging pigs from from the truck? What we yep. call rig? Are you familiar? Yep. Yeah, with you that? guys call it a rig dog. We call them a, a ute finder. So a ute what? A, a ute finder. Ute finder. Finder. Like yeah. It. So they're, they're not finding the ute. Obviously, they're finding off the ute. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Your rig dog in Australia is called a ute finder. A ute finder. That's that's awesome. So so they are on the top. So when when you say ute, are you talking like a what we would call side by side or like a Toyota, like a Hilux, a Hilux. Yeah, like a Toyota, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like the ones we wish we had over here, and we would like pay stupid money for. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Our, well, we got two that we use for hunting. The main one is the Toyota Land Cruiser, and that's probably mm-hmm. an iconic um, ute here in Australia. Every second hunter over here has got a Land Cruiser. Um, they're just a tough built truck. They go anywhere. They're, you can get parts from all over Australia. Not that they need it very often because they don't break down very often. There's a simple truck that just goes places and sort of most of them are either V8 or a six cylinder diesel. So they're just good for idling around the paddock slowly. They've got, they're not ultimately powerful, but they just, just go. There's just a little truck really. They just tick over. Yeah. And they're all a lot of diesel, right? They're diesel. Yeah. Yep. No, um, you'll find nearly, nearly all hunters in Australia run diesel utes. One thing they're like, yeah, they're good for hunting and they're reliable, but when you go out in the big cattle stations uh, out, out in Western and Northern Australia, all the stations run off diesel, like their tractors and the trucks and all that's diesel. So if you're out there and you need to get diesel, sometimes it might be 200 kilometers each way back to the, to the service station to get more fuel. So you've got a cart fuel out there or you can often buy it off the cattle station owners because they've got big tanks on their station. So diesel's good because you can get diesel everywhere out in the bush. So yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I wish I could, I got a little Ranger that, they make over over different seas, but they don't make them in diesel. They don't make those small trucks in diesel yet. We keep we keep hoping they're going to bring that diesel over here, but I don't yeah. know if it's regulations or what. It, 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 nearly all of our four by fours, whether it's family wagon or it's a, or it's a truck or a, or a Ute, nearly all diesel. Yeah. Um. So so you started hunting when you were a kid. Like how how young your your dad hunted pigs or? I mean, yeah, yeah, probably like you know ten or twelve. Used to go with dad. Not not baby baby the dad was sort of was into that part of the life but um yeah so so i did a little bit then um i sort of got right into it when i was about sort of um 19 or 20 yeah sort of started hunting myself got my own first dog and that sort of thing and i sort of i started off with the dog i, I paid 50 dollars for the dog and I, and I bought a torch it cost me maybe 10 dollars, and that that was all the hunting gear i needed to go back then so i look back now i think how did i hunt with a 50 dollar dog and a torch now i got Head full of stuff, you know, all these things that we have. Now it's an empire. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's got all the toys, but um, you still think it still comes back to that $50 dog. It's what you need to catch pigs with. So it all comes back to the dog. So, yeah. What kind yeah. of dog was it? Uh, he was a bull Arab, bull mastiff, wolfhound cross. 
So he was a fairly big dog, um, probably one of the biggest dogs I've owned. Sort of my dogs are get as I'm getting older, my dogs are getting smaller. In Australia, we hunt lots of different types of dogs on the pigs. Uh, some guys will run Jack Russells right up to Great Danes, so and and every mix you can think of in between. So, are you guys? Um, is your is your your hound guys or your dog guys? Do you guys have a name? What do you guys call yourself? As in the hound, the, the guys that hunt the deer, um, they use hounds, so they use okay. bloodhounds and and um, English pointers and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, there is regulations in Victoria in their hound season um, as to how many dogs they can run and and the breeds they can't run crossbreeds and certain types and certain sizes. They in their hound rules. I'm not right down on it, but I know like they can only go to a, a certain size and certain number of dogs in a certain breed, so they can't just run. 30 bloodhounds less on a deer kind of thing that there's regulated. And that's probably the only hunting in Australia that's really is regulated to that degree with, with seasons and, and numbers of dogs. And that is the deer hunting down in Victoria. Um, in Queensland and the rest of Australia, pig dogs, yeah. you can run as many dogs as you want whenever you want all year round. There's no, there's no season at all. Right. So, and is that because that's like what we would call a game animal? So we have, when, when you came up here in the U.S., did you hunt or were you just visiting? Yeah, or? yeah. I did a lot of hunting down the south around Georgia and Texas and that. So okay. I did, I was in hog season when I was over there, so I didn't get a chance to do any deer hunting or anything else. It was just strictly chasing pigs. So yeah. Okay. What, uh, what, what made you want to come to the U S and, and do that? Just the experience or, or tell me what that yeah. little trip. Definitely was. wanted to experience it. Um, the, the main reason we went over there last year, we went to the um, Las Vegas shot show, just searching for new products for the hunting shop here. Yeah. And sort of that was, one thing that we we're heading there for but this yeah the second thing was yeah a work trip where we go do some hunting and check out different styles of dogs and that's what yeah uh owning the hunting shop like we we talk to people every day about how different their dogs are and that and then you you see a few videos and stuff on facebook from america and i always want to go check that out so um some things are very similar some things are very different but at the end of the day it, it just comes back to the dogs i suppose which is the way you hunt the dogs with the dogs, they're going to catch a pig the same. American dogs are going to catch that same pig as Australian dog. Well, it's just how, how the hunters go about um, doing that, I suppose, which is completely different. The style yeah. of hunting, I suppose, yeah. So, what, um, so let's talk about that a little bit. What was the different, What was the major difference you've seen between the U.S. and, and – What we touched on there earlier with when you're talking about rig dogs and uh, what we, our youth find is I noticed in America a lot more you'll – down in Texas, they'll, they'll go to a good spot with plenty of pig sign. And release release the dogs kind of thing, and, and, and let them go and find the pig. Where in Australia, we just we would drive that same farm. We wouldn't stop anywhere. Like you just, if your dogs don't jump off, you don't stop basically unless you go open a gate or get another beer out of the esky kind of thing. Oh, esky is a word. I haven't heard. Esky is like a cooler box. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna need a glossary at the end of this. <laughs> it's gonna be a thesaurus, and we're gonna issue a whole dictionary. Yeah. And... yeah. So an, an esky, yeah. So. An like an Eskimo, right? Yeah, that's it. You're under it, and it's got a picture yeah. of that in front of you. Yeah. Don't you talk to any Australians, buddy? Man, but, uh, I've gone past Eskies these days. We run, um, I don't know, if we run Engel fridges or Waco fridges. So, yeah. Did you guys have? So I, I'm all over the place on this podcast because I'm like, my mind is just spinning. I'm like, so, so now we're already diving into the beer. Do you guys have like the crappy beer and the good beer? I mean, do you have like the celebration beer? You <laughs> is, know, it, is it like the Pacific Northwest? I think one of the only beers I've seen in America was Foster's. And oh. uh, Foster's Lager is probably one of their worst beers. You wouldn't beat it. You wouldn't I'll agree. To, you wouldn't give it to your mother-in-law kind of thing. It's not, it's not very good. And uh, there's a lot better beers here in Australia than that. So, um, yeah. Uh, I had a, a hunting buddy who would hunt with, uh, was it Paps Blue Ribbon? And he's like, well, Easy. It, 
Easy. Easy. He said, I said, what, what's up with that? And he goes, well, it tastes the same as it is warm as it does cold. It tastes like shit. So you're okay. I was like, all right, it's good enough. It's answer. true. But that's the official beer of Oregon State, man. That, oh. That's like, that, that's Blue Ribbon beer, buddy. Blue Ribbon. Yeah. What was that last question about the dogs? You were saying how, what was different? Yeah. So um, in Australia, um, just strictly with the pig dog side of things, um, like I said, there's so many different styles of dogs that guys run. Uh, I, I personally run seven hunting dogs, I think, now okay. at the moment. And that, that's made up of one or two old dogs that are nearly retired. Um, and a couple of young puppies coming through and a couple of medium age ones in the middle. So at the moment, my old dogs are sort of been the ones performing and, and the puppies, the ones in the middle of um, not being going so well for me. So I'm sort of putting a lot of faith in some young dogs coming through at the moment. So that's, that's exciting. And I've actually, since my trip to Texas, I actually located here in Australia, a couple of black mouth curs and I'm starting to run them, which is a pretty new thing here in Australia. So I'm trying to, after seeing what I've seen over there, there's a few guys running here, so that's that's my new challenge in the next couple of years to get them going. So, so if I was to come over there and okay, we're gonna go hunt. Describe to me the hunt from when so we leave your camp or whatever, we put the dogs up. How is that race gonna? You know, we call it a race, but how does that how does that hunt go from? You know, if you had to explain what was gonna happen in a perfect world and nothing goes wrong, because I'm sure everything goes right over there. So <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, so like, I suppose in Australia, we, the way I hunt, uh, say a nighttime hunt, I, I love hunting at nighttime out, out of the ute. Okay. So just, you know, sort of after dark, you might have an early dinner and a couple of beers around a campfire and then right out, it's, it's hidden late in the afternoon, the sun's going down, we sort of head out in the ute, usually throw, if I'm going out with just my dogs, I'll throw four dogs on, I'll have two locked in the back cages and I'll have two dogs loose on the front, so they're not clipped up at all, they're completely loose and they'll work from side to side using the wind. Uh, and and pigs and obviously so just drive along in, in kilometers an hour just drive around 20 to 40 kilometers an hour around the paddock using the wind in its favor if you get a bit of a windy night we'll spotlight as well um i got a roof mounted spotlight through the through the roof of the car with a with a remote handle yeah um so yeah i don't really like the spotlighting but if the wind's blowing the wrong way the dogs can only work one side of the truck so i spotlight the other the opposite side that the dogs are sniffing on goes along and then um basically in australia we sort of teach the dogs if you're going to jump off, there better be a pig there. You know, you're going to get your ass kicked if you if you're out chasing anything else but a pig. So, um, what what other things are, are chased besides pigs? Shouldn't be chased. Or, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. What, Shouldn't what, be. kangaroos. I know that. So you guys call it trash, yeah? Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah, where we want to so go. Yeah. We want to hear about the trash. I, I like yeah. hearing about so our, our trash is everything we shouldn't be chasing. I eat cows, sheep, goats, whatever the farmer has there, obviously that's that's the okay. big no-no. And um, that, as you know, that'll get you kicked off any property quick as, quick as. So yeah, yeah. stop briefing your dogs on the on the, on the the farmer's animals is number one. And there's number two, and it's annoying. Um, we got our, our native animals. We've got um, kangaroos in plague proportion. So you, you can go out hunting a property where there'll be thousands and thousands of kangaroos, and there might be two or three pigs in that whole paddock, but you've got to drive through thousands of kangaroos to, to get to that pig. So... You don't want your dog jumping off on kangaroos and running around or not chasing kangaroos. Um, Have you ever crazy. had to punch a kangaroo in the face like that YouTube video? <laughs> yeah, no, that video you're talking about. Yeah, no. 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 Would you? No. <laughs> they look ornery, man. I wouldn't yeah, tussle with one. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, wouldn't be real keen because they those fellas got um, really big toenails and they'll open you right up because, yeah. because yeah, he's pretty brave what he did, that guy. Um, yeah, or drunk, because that's what you guys do, apparently. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 
so yeah, so trash kangaroos, um, can, well, wallabies is a smaller version of a kangaroo. Um, we got emus, we got rabbits and stuff, rabbits and cats and stuff as well. They're feral. So our feral animals is the pig, um, cat, fox, and our native stuff is yeah, the kangaroos, emus, wallabies, um, koalas. But yeah, not very often your dogs don't chose a koala. Down south, they got wombats, little bat marsupial animal that they they smell a bit like a pig. So you, uh, a lot of guys have got to train their dogs not to not to catch the um, wombats. They burrow down in the holes and they're aggressive little critters too, so they'll tear your dog apart as well. So, right, yeah, up where I hunt, there's no wombats. Um, another thing up north, which is probably the most scary thing you don't want your dog chasing, is um, the water buffalo. Uh, so up in the Northern Territory, where I do a bit of hunting, you've got yeah, heaps of pigs up there, big pigs, and but the buffalo, um, they sort of smell a bit rank too. So you really don't want your dogs chasing them because they'll yeah. They get pretty western. They get yeah. get kind of wild when you bay up a water buffalo. Are they mean. Yeah, they'll yeah. They'll kill you and your dog. Yeah, they're, dog, probably, yeah. they're probably the toughest animals I've ever seen anywhere in, in the world. They're, they are, yeah, pretty scary animal, really, and they're a big animal too. So, yeah. now that's the that's the animal that Crocodile Dundee gets out of the rig and puts. That's just, the one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that was definitely staged because that don't happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how that's it works. Like all the idiots in Yellowstone with the buffaloes, yeah. right? You, you ever come over here? I'll take you some properties I got with buffalo. You can try that if you want, but I'm not. <laughs> I want, you're not going to hop out and be like. Mm, yeah, no, I'm not showing you how to do it. You can do that yourself. <laughs> Make sure your will's updated. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So yeah, going back to that hunt, but no trash, you're driving around and, and usually like your dog will just, some dogs will, what we call scream up the yodel, yodel, they'll sing out and, and make noise to let you know to slow down and stop. Yeah. Other dogs like mine, they just jump off. They're, they're quite silly, I suppose. Um, they don't matter what speed they smell when they'll just jump off and, and, and chase it. Or find now, do it they first. give mouth on the track when they, as soon as they hit the ground, do they start opening? Uh, they, they, well, 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 my dogs are what you call closed mouth, so they don't make any noise at all. They, they they don't trail bark or anything. They'll just, they're pretty silent, really. That, that Hence why we need to have the trackers on them all times. They, they won't, even on when they catch the pig, they don't make any bark or anything. They'll just grab it by the ear. So they're finding the, the bull arabs that are on there, they're a finder lugger. Um, like a, you guys would call it a finding catch dog, I suppose. Yeah. They, they, there's no bail in them. They, they find the pig, they catch the pig, and you got to get your ass there and back them up. So. Yeah. And that was one thing <clears throat> that I kind of, and I'm not a hog hunter, so I and I've I've gone out with with a guy. We never we never did catch any, so I, I haven't have a lot of experience. But explaining and talking to different people was your all your dogs will catch. Whereas here in the U.S., not everybody, but a lot of people use a catch dog. So they have their bay dogs that will hold it, and then they send in a catch dog to catch the pig. And what you're saying there, through your accent, is your all of your dogs will go catch. Majority, but. The style of my dogs, yeah. Um, apart from these new black mouth curs that I've got in from America, they're, mm-hmm. they're bay dogs. So that's the direction a lot of hunters are going to in Australia. I think it's mainly because of the film production DVDs and that side of things. With the finder um, catch dog, like our, our ute finders, you don't get any of that footage. If you you can't get there as fast as your dog does, you're going to miss that catch. That's why a lot of guys are running bay dogs now with the catch dog in Australia, so they can get the, the hit up footage up for the DVDs and for social media without having a dog sitting there chewing on a pig's ear for three minutes until you get there kind of thing that's um it doesn't look cool i suppose and it's not ethical so ethical hunting as far as film industry and that goes a lot of guys are going to a different style of dogs to tidy that up and i think that's maybe the direction of where hunting in australia may be heading as well with with the our greenies and activists and everything trying to sometimes ban hunting with with catch dogs in australia so are you guys starting to see more and more of that as far as the political pressure yes, yeah definitely yeah. 
definitely and, and that's that comes off the back of social media and, and people putting silly stuff up um you know you can't stop that but the smarter guys that are in the industry are heading to that diff- different style of dog to clean things up a little bit i suppose you call it to make it look a bit more ethical and not saying anything nothing wrong with a nice clean finding catch dog that does everything you know right if you've got a dog that's not chasing anything it shouldn't and it's, and it's firmly grabbing that pig and you get there very quickly dispatch the pig it's what we do so it, it works and it's very effective in telling the feral pigs but yeah yeah it, it's, it's, it's a trend maybe going a little bit more to the way that guys in the usa use a, a finding dog and, and then a catch dog so so tra- traditionally over the last sort of 50 years in australia most guys will get a, a finding catch dog yeah right on so um what specific traits would would you look for in a dog like what what is it if you're if you're looking around for a dog what is it that you like what makes a good dog to you what I'll probably yeah I'll probably get laughed at by a lot of Aussies here because we've got a thing here in Australia. A lot of guys love a breed called a bull Arab. If you heard of a bull Arab dog, that's what, what? I run. And then you've got a bull Arab is a um, it's made up of three three breeds. Um, it's got an English Pointer, English Bull Terrier, and um, we've got the last one. That's real good, isn't it? Is that important? Yeah, now come back to it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no it's, got, it's, got, no, it's got the bully that um, and the Pointer yeah. and the Greyhound. The Greyhound gives it the speed. Okay. So those are three things you just said, what are you looking for? We're looking for something with a good nose. Yep. So that's the English pointer. Bull terrier, which is the hard catching ability, you know, a bull terrier does have. And then you, your greyhound for the speed. So um, that's what makes up a bull Arab. There has been lines of that for the last 30, 40 years. They all look very similar. The other type of dog, which lots of guys hunt over here, is the um, what we call the hairy dog guys. So they're running everything with either stag hound or orange wolfhound crosses in them. Yeah. So there's sort of two types of dogs in Australia when you're talking, um, you know, our, our lugging dogs, I suppose. You've got two crews. You've got the hairy dog um, fans and you've got the bull Arab fans. So you can't be both. You've got to be one or the other. So you got, you got to pick a side when you pull uh, out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's um, sort of Ford versus Chevy kind of thing. You know, you've got to pick a side and that's what you run. And that's what your daddy <laughs> run. And that's, and that's, you know, you can't, you can't be sent to, to run both. So it's one or the I other. Like, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Well, there's, there, I, I have very little desire to travel like i i just don't have that that desire to to travel yeah. but australia is one of those places and i'm like i think i could get along with those guys over there you know i think i can hang i don't i mean not hunting and drinking beer yeah i might be like okay those are a little rough for me i, I might come back with my tail tucked but I, i'm like Man, those guys those guys are pretty cool you know you get out of the city i think you guys got a pretty so that, those traits that you said like both, all those dogs that i've mentioned from the start they were going to have the ability to do that so as a honey you, you try and choose what works for you and we hunt a lot of different types of country some guys will hunt mountains some guys will hunt western desert plains and and obviously different styles of dogs work in different areas but the Aussie big hunter tries to get one dog that can do it all a lot of guys will only own one dog they'll they'll hunt all year round with one dog they don't have to have a pack of dogs so really yeah you know, catch a pig in australia you just need one good dog that can do that can do it all like you should be able to catch a 100 150 kilo pig with one dog we don't need to have 10 dogs on it so that's if you want to talk to guys what's so, the best dog my dog's the best dog because he can catch it by himself you know one out dog so that's that can yeah. be sort of a lot of guys will push for that dog that can do it all i suppose yeah so one um question i have is is does your hunters like are you guys doing it for the pig or for the dog if that makes any sense like like i hunt for my dogs because i really like the dog and so yeah. and i guess you could do that with one dog but man it, you know, it takes a long time to, to get to the next puppy, you know, so I really yeah. like the dog and training. That's what, exactly right. That's, that's what I get out of it is, is seeing the young dog step up. Um, yeah. 
it's, it's kind of boring taking the odd dogs out. You know they're going to catch something. If there's something there to catch, they're going to catch it every time. And there's, there's kind of no challenge in it, apart from trying to get like a massive trophy ball. That, that's what you're trying to achieve. But you know you're going to take those dogs out. They're going to catch whatever's there. Right. Because that's what they've been trained to do over the last five years. You, you put a 12-month-old puppy on the back. And, and that's where, they, I suppose, I'd get more satisfaction out of a young pup jumping off the ute and catching whatever pig for its first pig. With the chance of a, ca- a kangaroo race in the middle. Right? <laughs> well, that's what you got to get out of them. That, that's the challenge. <laughs> as, as you train any dog, you got to, yeah, fine-tune that dog. And that's the frustrating part. But when they finally step up and do it, you know, what you've been, you might have been breeding that line of dogs for three or four years, and, and, and it's a 12-month-old dog, and it's just achieved some something of awesomeness, I suppose. And that, that's what really puts a smile on your face and makes you want to go get a cold beer at the Esky when they catch that big bull. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Jason, you got any questions? I mean, I'm just, I would like to touch on the, the population down there because like us stateside, when we think of wild boars, you know, you think of the South and where they're just overtaking everything. Is that how it is in Australia or do you guys have to really manage it to keep a huntable population or are they just feral and free for all? Yeah, they're feral and free-for-all, and it's actually illegal to let them go or, or to not kill them. So if you catch nice. something, you, you have to kill it. So they're a feral animal. They're, they're designated feral pests. So there's no transporting live, live pigs, taking them back to, you, to your farm to fatten them up or anything like that. You catch it, you have to kill it here in Australia. You can't. There's no oh, transportation really? of them. There's no management of them. It's basically um, you're obliged to basically kill everything you catch because they're a feral animal too. So you got a up in the, full of bacon. Except like in America down the south or in Texas and those sort of places where you guys overrun with them, there's certain parts of Australia that overrun with them as well. So we've got a good coverage over all of Australia. The only state in Australia that doesn't have them is Tasmania. Apart from that, they're over the whole continent. My shop's in Brisbane, Queensland, so we're lucky. Like Queensland, probably got some of the better population of pigs in the country. You go north anywhere in Australia, closer to the equator, more tropical. Um, we'll look floodplains and rainforests and, and basically nicer country with a lot more rainfall and a lot more remote, which means a lot more pigs. There's millions of them up there. There's, I think in Australia, there's about 22 million people. They estimate 25 million pigs in Australia. So there's more pigs in, than people. But in saying that, you, you can go out hunting in a good spot and drive around and not, not, not find one too. They're, they're in pockets, dense population in certain areas. Yeah. Which in the highest would be up in our Cape Bilk region at the, at the top of Queensland or in the um, NT up around Darwin and that on the floodplains up there. So short of that, you head back down south, we, got, we hunt cropping country, all your, all your wheat and sorghum and, and all, your, all your cereal crops is where the, there's going to be massive numbers there too. So, Yeah. What's your time? How much time you got? Yeah, I've still got plenty of time. Yeah, yeah I've still got another 20 minutes. Plenty so. Of time. so define that in minutes. Probably 2025. Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> You're talking like an Aussie, man. You're like, well, plenty of time. I want to know minutes. I got to look at my clock here. Um, Should be right, mate. We got plenty of time. <laughs> perfect. Um, <laughs> so, what is the um, private property? Do you have federal property? What kind of, you know, uh, nearly you all, permission? nearly all, all hunting in Queensland's all private property. Um, in Northern Territory and some other states, you can hunt some um, public land, but there's all um, payments and everything in place to be able to do that. But basically, in my state of Queensland, you, you, there's no public access to any hunting at all. Um, they've locked gate on, on every national park, every state forest, every dam, reservoir, water land, where, where a lot of the pigs do live, and, and they live safe in there. The only thing they often do in those um, national parks now, the government will do helicopter shooting. Oh, they right. they bait using 1080 bait, which is horrible stuff, and, and trapping yeah. just with conventional mesh style traps. So 
but a lot of that isn't effective in some of that thicker country and and that's where dogs would be good but our government has locked us out on all that all that land so farmers hate it because say you've got a, a wheat farm and you're right, right next to a national park yeah your pigs are coming out and breeding coming out of the national park and smashing those crops every night but the hunters aren't allowed to go in there so it's something that um some of our hunting clubs and associations are trying to work on is getting some more access to some of that land with both rifle hunting bow hunting and and the dogs so um dogs can be a bit trickier when it comes to national parks with the native animals and stuff but we're working on it it's, it's the direction that needs to happen because that's where a lot of the pig populations are all coming out of the government land and, and their control measures aren't very good at all i suppose you call it ineffective effectiveness yeah what other hunting types are there besides like the pigs is there so there's lots of deer in australia um i said this, there's yeah red deer chittle deer um samba deer uh, i know those deer. mostly hunted with with hounds or is there a spot in stock or any, what's your hunting? The hound, side, the hound side of that thing is only for a couple of months of the year that they open that up for. So that that's a, it's a small season, I suppose you call that one. Yeah. Um, the rest of the year, and it's, it's frowned upon in the southern states. You can't shoot any deer under light. they got to be all shot during the daytime. Yeah, okay. Uh, in Queensland and other states, it's, it depends. It's state by state, the regulations. So you really got to, you cross the border, you really got to make sure you know what your rules are, I suppose. Yeah. I think Queensland here, like, yeah, you can, it's not hunting, I suppose, but if you're culling deer for meat or something like that, if you just want to go get one for the fridge, it's, it's, it's perfectly okay to go and shoot one under a light. If you did that down in Victoria, you'd nearly get locked up for it. So it's, okay. it, there's some different regs on, on that. Um, we do a bit of um, fox hunting as well. Um, we've got lots of foxes here that I brought over from England back in the day. And there's down, particularly in the southwestern sort of side of Australia, they, they hunt yeah, a lot of um, fox and that's quite sporting. Fox and rabbits, they'll chase them with staghounds. That's another... Um, Really yeah. popular dog. They call them a running dog. They have sight dogs, um, so they they don't sort of use their nose. I suppose they see a rabbit, they chase that rabbit and catch it. So yeah, yeah so rabbits generous. and foxes down the south. That's another thing. Yeah, so, and um, yeah. So you got your your samber or deer hounds, yeah. your rabbit, fox, and pigs. Those are your yeah. four. Pretty well, yeah. Basically, yeah. Uh, hunting styles that you guys have with with dogs. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and year round so so the deer is is regulated as pigs year round or is there a season or pigs are all year round open game anywhere mm -hmm. in australia yep so there's no nothing you need to do apart from have access to that private land or if you aren't in any um government land to actually have all that stuff in place paperwork side of things and your payments and stuff so no regulations at all with the pigs but it's it's just as long as you got permission to be where you're hunting you can hunt day and night however you wish to basically yeah you got anything else you want to talk to us about with the hunting? We got. I want to. I want to talk about this new, this big news on the internet that that, that has been blowing us up, which is the sure. that Garmin announced the Alpha Two Hundred I. Offside number eighty-seven. Okay, so so there's. We normally don't like doing this, but I I feel like this segment needs us to just address a small pre pre-roll or whatever you want to call it. It's a W disclaimer. Everybody pay attention to what Buddy's about to tell you and listen closely. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So I feel like we need to add this disclaimer, this, we need to, we need to, we need to un explain what's happening here because there's, there's a lot of questions out there and, and, and so we cannot and give the, the answers that people are expecting us to give right now. Like we just can't. So a little bit of, in the past, I, I, I only had allegiance towards customers, if that makes sense. So I would say whatever, and I mean, to the point where it was detrimental sometimes to relationships with companies, because 
if if there was a rumor, I would I'd be the first guy out there to to go shoot a rumor out. Um, and so now we as we've grown, and I would say as I've matured some, because some of it was my immaturity that made me do that. I've learned I got to have relationships on both sides. I got to have relationships with the customer, but I also we also need to have really good relationships with the companies. And so so we're in this weird situation right now our customers need us to to tell them everything we know and the companies in this case Garmin is is really they don't want us to talk about there's a U.S. version because there's just not a U.S. version that's out there right now and so we're just in this weird spot Jason and, and to the customers so you have to just give us a little bit of rope here a little bit of leeway because there will be a time we can explain or whatever, but this is not the time. We, we will have answers for you. At some point, I don't know when that will be, but but at some point we'll be able to to bring information to customers in the fashion that they 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 expect us to do. And so so with that said, this Alpha Two Hundred I was released in Australia. It was released in Europe. We are only going to let Adrian, is our, our, our guest here, explain what is available over there. Please don't call us because we cannot and we don't not have any more information to really give out right now. And anybody that gives out information probably doesn't know. They don't know the full story. Like there's just not anybody that says they know doesn't know right now. And so we just got to be really careful. And so that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And I, and I feel bad that we have to actually do it this way because this is not the way I want to do it. Um, but just understand that we have relationships with customers. And so we got trust with customers. Well, we've also built relationships and trust with companies and, and whether that's Garmin or, or Dogtra or whoever other companies that we work with, you know, that make our callers. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things with this COVID stuff and just, just a ton of stuff that's happening that back orders. I mean, not even talking about Garmin, talking about back orders for collar strap. Yeah, the supply chain has been crazy lately. And so I could sit there and just chew out this supplier as bad as I want to because I can't get my product, but he can't get it from his supplier. And so it's just it's just a really odd moment in, in our history that you don't see these things, these behind the scenes things. But there are I just want to explain there are relationships that we have that we need to help. And that's the customer. We 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 always want to come to bat for the customer but there are other relationships that we have to be careful on so so i wish we had more this is the best we can do right now this is this is the best we can do is let the australians explain what they have in there and uh as the story develops and we can we will discuss more like i i just know that i'm kind of nervous like i know garmin's listening right now you know it there's a line right here's if you imagine just like you can't see me. But he's making the, a line right now on his screen, I'm y'all. On a line. He can see him on the screen. Garmin probably wants me over here a little further away from the line than we're going. And so we're trying to be very cautious. We're trying to balance. and and uh, It's a hard balance right now because our customers, I mean, and I know not all of our listeners are customers, but anybody who's used us, you know that you guys come. This may not seem like the avenue you want us to take to get you the information, as things develop, there is a reason we are the experts. And from somebody who was on the other side of this, what, four years ago, buddy, yeah. you know, 
I, but you just we just had to you know come to us to figure out what was going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that we know what we're talking about, and as soon as we can, uh, well, we, we have re- like there's and, uh, the best way I can describe it is is we have relationships, and right now, and and this goes with caller. I mean, it's just not just this one thing; it's the whole gamut of things of us keeping relationships with both sides, manufacturers and customers, and trying to be that middle guy. We can't burn bridges right now. We can't. We can't do things we want to do. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I want. We always want to be the expert, and we just can't be that right now. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to try and in the best manner we can, and and this is the best we got right now. Please don't call us because we cannot speak and talk about this, and so it, it, it's really odd for customers. But, but someday soon we will. And so, with that said, let's get back to this podcast. You know, Garmin, if you're listening, please don't cut me off. <laughs> we still want to sell Garmin. Like I know we're a little closer to the line than you want us to be. This is for our customers, and so so we're we're pushing we're pushing closer to that line because of our customers. But we are very careful on what we say and what we don't say because we want Garmin to trust us just as our customers trust us. And so this is the best we got. So with that, we're going to keep rolling. Garmin announced the Alpha 200i for australia and i think they it's for europe we're seeing it all over the web right now and, and people yes well, well we got an email we got an email from garmin australia only last week um yeah really exciting new thing with the garmin 200 i was going wow um, where did this come from so one of the first things i've done is jumped on all the american sites trying to find some information because like, there's nothing in australia apart from what garmin sent through <laughs> to us on, on this new so you're saying you went to w's website and there was nothing there yeah. is what you're telling nothing. me because <laughs> that's the first one I clicked on and, and I searched up all the others after yours and couldn't find nothing. The only thing I could find even on YouTube and that was some stuff from Europe. I think it was all in Swedish or something. I couldn't read much of it or listen to much of it. Yeah, the stuff I found, the only information I could find was what Garmin sent us and then what I could find in Europe, which didn't make a lot of sense because I couldn't read, read much yeah, of it. Yeah, <laughs> I looked at some of the Swedish ones and I was like, yeah, my head hurts. I, like, I got to yeah, find so You talk funny enough, but my customers can at least slow down and listen to it two or three times and they'll hear what you're saying. But yeah, if we, buddy doesn't mean to be insulting. Just if, if we bring the Swedish guy on, we're, we're all going to be sitting here. We're going to have a short conversation. <laughs> so. Yes. So I scrambled, I suppose. Um, we're, we're about the biggest Garmin retailer in Australia. And um, I like actually like my wife, she does all the ordering. I said, you better order a bunch of these. And they only brought limited numbers in and um, we bought a fair chunk of that, that amount. So we've, we've listed them. We've scrambled for the information that we could get on them. Um, we had them on pre-sale and they've gone silly and we almost sold out. So, and I still didn't have one in my hand until only a couple of days ago. So I finally got one now and um, I spent the last day or two playing with the new toy, I suppose you call it. Yeah. Um, first thing I noticed is without even getting into any technical side of it is the, the new screen. It's heaps, it's heaps larger. Overall, uh, the Alpha 200 um, side by side, like it's not much bigger overall than an Alpha 100. It's a square, sort of more chunky, robust-looking unit. I suppose you call it. it. Looks a bit more tactical, I suppose. Um, but the screen, straight up, like yeah, I'm I'm not that old, but I'm 41, I suppose. And your eyes start to get a little bit um, not so good. And it's, it's it's come a long way from like a, a old Astro 220 to to the new screen on the Alpha 200. It's a nice big screen, easy to read. Yeah, that's the first thing out of the box. You know, straight up. So, um, what else has it got? It's got a lot. Um, I've done a couple of reviews on Facebook there last night for our customers, and I'm probably going to be 
take me a couple of weeks to get through all the features that it does have um, without sitting there doing a two hour review on it. It's right back to the basic dog tracking stuff right through to the, the new inReach technology and the, the ability to send text messages and all the, all the cool stuff it has. Um, so I'm slowly going to release anyone that does follow our Facebook page. I'm going to do that over time. Those videos will stay out there for anyone with questions. Yeah, and, and so that's what you're talking about is the inReach, right? So yeah. So the inReach, um, we've had inReaches here in Australia for a few years now. Um, so that's yeah, a Garmin product once again. So, but the, this Alpha 200 has the inReach built in. So. Yeah. And we've used the inReach cause we, I, you know, I, currently use the mini i don't know if you're how familiar with with garmin's inreach but the mini and then the other one and so that inreach the technology for people who haven't understand it is is like i can be snowmobiling and and, and it has a sos button and i'll be able to send a message with no cell phone signal and and so that technology actually was uh it came from delore i always say it wrong delorme i don't know if you're familiar with delorme but Delorme made the first inReach and then Garmin acquired that company. Um, if you're not familiar with that, that's been out. That technology has been out for a long time. Um, yeah. It's actually really helpful. So you guys are just starting to use that, you said? Yeah. Um, well, we sell a few inReaches, um, but basically in the hunting community in Australia, it's not a big thing. Like um, maybe one in every thousand guys might have an inReach just for the safety reasons. We probably all should have one realistically. And Garmin bringing this product out in a dog tracker is going to be, you know, a lot of guys are going to buy it just so they can track their dogs, but then they, one day could just save their life as well. So with the yeah. SOS, um, right on the side of the unit, you can't even miss it. It's a big gold button tab underneath it for the SOS side of things. Um, on a cool feature, um, it's not just the, the SOS. Do you know what SOS stands for? Does anybody, Jason? Good question. <laughs> I want to hear the Aussie. <laughs> I, I, I don't either. Spot. Save ourselves. <laughs> yeah, save exactly. ourselves. I like it. Save ourselves. There you go. It's, I think it's save our ship is what it started. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's what it came from. But anyways, like it was just, just yeah. a, the um. You press that button, and a helicopter comes looking for you, basically. Exactly. Yeah, the helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. You press that, someone's going to come looking for you. Right. But that's cool. That's going to save your life. But what you can do also is you can send text messages by the Alpha Two Hundred, which is cool. You don't need any um mobile phone coverage. You guys in America call it cell phone coverage. Here in Australia, we call it mobile phone. So you don't need any coverage at all to be able to send a message. You can you can send a message to your wife saying you're going to be home late from a hunt. You can send a message to your local pizza shop and order a hot pizza on the way home. You could you could use it for whatever. Um, just as a normal text um, in Australia here, Garmin have a, a plan which you can opt to. Um, starts from twenty dollars a month and that enables you to use that satellite feature of the Inreach technology to send text messages packages i suppose as to how much a month you got to pay and how much a text message i've opted for one of the freedom plans so that i think it's 55 dollars a month that's got a whole bunch of um the amount of text that i can send on that one obviously on the shop i'm going to be showing people how it works and that's so i've gone for one of the higher end ones but i said it does start from 20 dollars a month all that inreach technology so. Yeah. so do you have to have that plan to use the dog tracking no you don't no you don't at all so if you don't have the need for any of that inReach stuff, but you just want the cool new tracker, you don't have to activate that. It'd be crazy if you didn't, because yeah, say one day it could save your ass. So apart from that dog tracking side of things, um, like I said, it looks very similar to an Alpha 100. Um, it's got the three buttons across the top. First thing I noticed uh, also, once I pulled it out of the box, it's got actually five buttons. You get the three training ones across the top, and then there's another three down the side, then the on-off button on the other side. 
So that's six all up plus your SOF button. So, okay. So what's pretty cool, um, and it would be very cool if you were using these in the rain or the wet or with gloves on, you can switch from your dog sort of training setup. So you got a TD15 and then you got your, your different levels of stimulation and all that. You can switch from that back across to your maps and your compass and waypoints and stuff like that. There's actually a menu. So those top three buttons are not only training buttons anymore, they can be used to navigate around the menu. You can like off the, say the apps and, and the, and the um, parts of the menu you use the most, you can select them to use those on the top three buttons. Like at the moment I've got mine set, I think it was the factory setting, but that's probably the way I'm gonna keep it. So on the left-hand button, I've got my mapping. On the center button, I've got my compass. And on the, the third button to the right there, I've got, uh, so I can mark waypoints. And I can okay. switch from that on the buttons on the right hand side, I can switch straight back to my dog collars and the training side of things. So without having to touch the touch screen, you just got, you can just use those three buttons across the top. You quickly want to go from your compass back to a mapping. It's only a matter of pressing the buttons across the top. Now you don't have to scroll through with your finger on the screen anymore. Um, yeah. So that's those three buttons there. That's the, the having the buttons and a touch screen is going to appeal to a lot of people. In Australia, have gone back to the Astro 430 because they didn't like the touchscreen, having to no buttons basically apart from the training features. So for those guys, it's just like, where's my dog? Where am I? And I don't want to touch the screen. It's going to make it a whole lot easier for them. And so in my opinion, really makes that Astro 430 really redundant because this is sort of the best of both worlds, I suppose. You get touchscreen and buttons. So I did notice there's a function in there um, in sensitivity from your normal touchscreen to a glove. So any guys hunting um, the colder parts. And you got a glove on. Like I said, I've only had it a day or two, so I haven't gone hunting with gloves on to test that. But yeah, I did notice a feature in there for the sensitivity of the screen from normal to um, the glove function. So that's that's pretty cool, I suppose. So Garmin have addressed those issues, I suppose, with the Alpha. A lot of yeah, negative. Oh, does the screen work when it's wet? Can you know? So they've they've addressed those issues, I suppose you call it. Yeah, with the with the new 200. Uh, what else have we got? Yeah, um, a few of our customers have been asking what's the, what's the main key features, and and I suppose the next one is the um, Bird's Eye Direct. Uh, no longer do you need to plug the alpha into your computer to download any bird's eye. You can download it directly to the alpha. All you do need is access to Wi-Fi. So um, it's your office home, office or home Wi-Fi. I used the office here yesterday to download 10 square kilometers around the shop here. And last night I actually hotspotted to my phone to download the bird's eye directly off my mobile phone by the Wi-Fi basically and a hotspot. So you you're able to download your mapping without hooking it, without having a computer is what you 100%. Need. You don't even need to own a computer. Anyone that's got a cell phone or mobile phone with, with a hotspot, basically, you can that to download a map. So you can be heading out on a hunt. You can, okay, I'm going to a new property. I've got an hour's drive to get there. I haven't downloaded my bird's eye. Pair the two up, download it, and um, 10 square kilometres, which is about 2,500 acres just around Brisbane, around my shop here, and it took about 33 minutes to download that. I timed it just to see, how, and that was in the high resolution. That was, There was a high resolution in that again, um, but I just did it in high just to see. Most people would probably select that. So I, put, I think it took me yeah, 33 minutes to do 2,500 acres, and that, as I said, you, you could be driving down the road and just sit, sit that on the seat beside you, and it could be doing that while you're driving. You don't need to download it at home before you leave. So that's a pretty cool feature. Um, very cool feature, I suppose. And that's free and it comes with that. Um, there's no subscription or you don't have to ring up Garmin and pay a fee or on the online ring. You just turn it on and that function's there straight away. So that, that's that's very cool. Um, particularly up here in Australia, a lot of the properties we hunt are, are huge. So um, you mightn't want to download the whole property either because it does 
take a while. So if you just want to do, okay, I'm going to head to the northern end of the property tomorrow, you can be back at the, the farm, the station house, back at your camp, and you go, okay, we're going there tomorrow. You sit around a campfire and you can actually download your bird's eye. You don't need to go home to the office to do it. It's a cool feature that you can do it out, out and about. What Anything new that you like about um, the dog tracking part or I mean, what, what else? Um, there's a new compass in there. So, um, they call it the ProView compass. So you can have like, instead of just looking at your compass with one dog and then you've got to scroll across to the next dog, you can have multiple dogs on that screen. So you can be looking at say four different dogs. They all might be in four different directions. One might be a tree crow, one, one might be pointing, one might be still running and you can see what each of those dogs are doing. And all the stats will, will show up on, on the new compass. Um, yeah. What else has it got? This is, um, a pretty cool thing i've got to sit there in front of me just trying to remember all the new stuff but at the end of the day it still does what the old ones do too it's yeah. if anyone just wants a new alpha and doesn't need all the, the modern stuff it, it, it does what the old stuff does it finds your dog there's a compass and a map very simple um, it still tracks a dog is what you're saying yeah that's what i'm trying to say like some people you know like it's all these fancy gun watches what's the watch do well, it does everything but it still even tells the time you know so uh the on off button on the side it's i've noticed it's on the opposite side um it's on the left-hand side now instead of the right. Um, yes, your screen um, brightness and everything, that's all still the same. One thing which might trick a lot of people up straight up, um, it's got a new charger in the back of it. The USB in the back of it's a different, um, different to the old one. And it comes with USB charger here in Australia too, which is good because a lot of them were, were hardwired in. So um, all the Alphas combos that we got here in Australia didn't have that USB like the Astros did, but the Alpha 100s were all hardwired into the plug that goes into the wall. So the guys that are charging multiple units, the USB charge would be a pretty cool thing. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, there's some different stuff in there when it comes to in your dog list. I'll just go back into it now. It's in front of me to prompt my memory. Um, when you go into the dog list, you've got all your dog stats and you can add a dog just like normal. You can add up to your 20 dogs, the same as all the other previous alphas. There's a menu. Across the top of the menu, there's, there's three buttons. Um, so you can add a dog. You can, um, you can pair up another alpha. I believe you can pair Alpha 100 up to a 200. So if you if you've got a already got an Alpha 100, you get I'm going to get one of these new ones. That gives you the option of having a second one. What I'm personally going to do that with my old one, it's just going to stay in the Ute now, and that'll run my Drive Track 71 via the Bluetooth. So this one I'll keep on me at all times. My old one will stay up to run the Drive Track with the Bluetooth. You scroll over one more. Um, there's a thing in now you can create a group. Um, I have to go a bit more of a play with that. To me, it seems like the benefit of that would be if you're hunting with multiple people, with multiple dogs. Say you hunt with one group of guys on a Saturday and they got 10 dogs, you can add their 10 dogs. On a Sunday, you're going to hunt with another crew. You can create a second group and add their dogs. Um, playing there last night, basically believe too that you can also, um, if you've got a couple of dog ID numbers that conflict, you don't have to delete them to add another one. You can just um, basically put them on hold. Oh, yeah. You don't have to fully delete it. You can disable that dog. So if you want to switch between the two, you can. So I'm, I'm guessing that would basically mean that not only can you add 20 dogs, you could have a lot more than 20 dogs in your groups and you can switch between the dogs that you want to, that you want to run on the day. So with the dog ID numbers without having to delete them. So that could be pretty handy for anyone running multiple groups of hounds and, and guys. Yeah. The average pig on Australia that runs two dogs is probably not going to mean much, but anyone hunting multiple groups and, and packs of hounds, I can see that to be one of the cool new features as well. I know you're got, you're short on time, so we're going to have to start wrapping up here, but um, is there anything else that, that you haven't covered that you wanted to 
do we also want to let people know where they can get it from like if you're if you're in australia you, it, this is not available i want to i want to reemphasize that this is not available in the us and this device will not work in the us as far as i have any concern as far as i know you can't just buy one over there and bring it over here yeah from from our end we um as, as a garment australian dealer we can't send to other countries and even if we did, I believe it, Garmin probably have a geo lock on this because as soon as you turn it on, it's going to recognise it's not in Australia, and then it will disable it'll disable the dog tracking side of things. It's the same as if we bought an American Alpha and you bring it here to Australia. As soon as you turn it on, there's a G8 Garmin. I got a geo lock on there, which will the GPS side will still work, but it'll turn off the dog tracking. Um, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, change. no, we can't be sending them off all over the world. They're only for Australian customers. I did see stuff on the internet there. I said they're available in some European countries and I've seen something pop up in New Zealand on, on my newsfeed there this morning. So I'm guessing that Garmin, I've got them yeah, in Europe and, and obviously Australia. And I've only brought a small number in, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're sold out already on, on, on our dealership thing here, but I'm sure they're going to be bringing a lot more in in the very short future because they've just gone a little bit crazy. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. obviously we're you know, and Brisbane Hunting Supplies, so they're available directly through us. Um, you can order them now. We've actually got stock available at the moment and yeah, we continue to have stock, I suppose. But if we ever do run out of stock, they're popular. They'll be just on a back order system. So yeah, um, just recommend it. Yeah. So the only, I was looking at the whole list on on on, uh, on your webpage and, and what the Garmin has available again on the, on the Australia units. It shows the Garmin Explorer app. And so I've had a little bit of experience with that with the Pro 550 Plus because the Pro 550 Plus works on that Garmin Explorer app. Yeah. Have you played with that at all? That, that was one thing I forgot to uh, mention. And that's probably what I should have mentioned first because that's what I was playing with last night. I've actually got a um, – I've downloaded that app as you spoke about there, buddy. And um, what I downloaded to, which is which is I think is going to be cool, you can download any smart device to Garmin Explorer app. And then not only will you be able to see and view – your tracks and your dog's tracks on the Alpha 200, it'll Bluetooth over to your smart device. So you'll, it basically gives you a second screen to be able to view, view your hunt on. Um, there's the Garmin mapping that's going to be on that. This looks different. Um, it's a cool thing because I got an 11 inch pro iPad, like in one of the mega iPad things. And I was looking at that last night thinking, how cool is that going to be? I'll be able to take that out in the year. Probably get a ram out or something, stick that on the windscreen. So as I said, getting older and blind, I'm not only able to have the, I got a drive track 71 now with my this big iPad on my screen now too to be able to sit back and watch the dogs. And and that's got you can take that back home and you can you can screenshot that and you can replay your hunt and all that sort of thing too via that app. So Yeah. Another yeah cool it's thing. interesting. I I'm gonna tell you, I'm a little bit jealous that that, that you guys got it and we can't get that in the US. Yeah, right we're now. I'm amazed Australia's got it first and for once we got something first and yeah, it is exciting for us. Yeah, it's cool. We can rub it in, we can play with this for ages. I don't know when you guys might have them tomorrow or next year, I don't know, but we got them now, we got them first. So yeah, it's it's cool. <laughs> we'll take what you can, right? We always get shit like <laughs> a year later after you guys have had it. <laughs> We've had it for, for a while, waiting. you're like Yeah. So yeah. If no. anyone wants to have a play around with one, you're gonna have to um come over to Australia, but that's a bit harder than with coronavirus too, so no travel, but um, yeah, no, we'll, as I said, on our Facebook and Instagram, um, I'm going to continue to just do little short videos every other day just to help people out. Um, I suppose by the time you guys get them, you'll know all about them and how to use them. I'm gonna, so, I have to call you for, yeah, for you, advice on how, how to run the damn thing. Yeah, you'll have to just do the reverse. So you'll have to look at our website to get info this time instead of our Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's that, what yeah, friends that, do, right? Yeah. So, yeah, very cool unit. It's definitely going to make hunting. Um, not going to make you catch any more pigs or anything like that, but it's going to make it a bit safer. And 
it might even make it a bit more justifiable to the wife as to why I need this new tracker and say, well, it could save my life. And then that so, might get you out of the line, guys. So. The one question, does it have radar? <laughs> maybe, maybe on April Fool's like a little beep yeah you see yeah, we're gonna wait for April, April. Fool's video or, did they did yeah, they get the that. radar put in there for me so you guys haven't got the memo on the Alpha 300 yet yeah we, you gotta wait a couple months wait a couple months wait wait for April keep an eye on Brisbane hunting supply site and it'll pop up there first for sure yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so we we have that video if 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 you haven't watched it, that April yes, yeah. video we did back in 2014, I think, is when we did yeah. that. April, yeah, April 1st, and and we, you know, you want to know a funny story about that, Adrian? So I was sitting here, and I was afraid to ask Garmin permission to do that video. Like, 100%, I was like, I don't want to know the answer, because <laughs> if they tell me no, I'm going to still want to, we did so much work in that video. Yeah. They were like, screw it, we're going to ask for forgiveness. And uh, I came in at 7.30 on April 1st in 2014, and our phones turn on at 7.30 on the button. And and it's like 7.29. I watched it go 7.30 and go, Dring! and it was Garmin. I was like, oh, crap. Like It wasn't like 7.31. It was no, like they were watching. And uh, they're like, buddy, could you just let us know next time you do something like that? <laughs> I guess we blew their phones up because everybody was calling and dealers were so mad about not getting the, the alpha 200 and how come yeah, you yeah. had this 200 and, and they yeah. had three hours to stew on it because yeah. with us being the West coast, we're three hours behind. So Garmin's phone's blowing up and we're still, you know, getting ready for the day. <laughs> yeah. And I so, cool. Uh, yeah. It's been good talking to you guys. And hopefully as I, learn this 200 a bit more i can release more information we might even catch up again for another podcast once i've had it out in the field yeah um, yeah so anybody in australia you know you would share this out uh brit you gotta say it again because i, I say it brisbane. Like, oh, brisbane. yankee say the word up brisbane 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 hunting supplies that's us brisbane hunting supplies do you normally you do it over yeah. your website or they call you or how do they how do yeah, they get on our, all available on our website yeah so you can come in store you can call us up on the phone or yeah order online most guys just order online it'll get sent express first the same day so yeah anyone chase them on and what's, what's the your website phone, what's your phone number and website uh phone number is uh 07-3467-2904 and the website is www.brisbanehuntingsupplies.com and you can also check them out on our instagram and facebook pages um we're doing some deals where probably what i should have said about to start too these these pair up to all the garment colors so your t5 td15 the minis and we're going to do combinations of all that with our protective gear for the pig dogs and all the long range aerials and doing up packs basically so you'll have everything that you need to run them awesome if, you, if you're over there on that side of the pond or border do you need to look down under up? Down under is what you're looking for. <laughs> Don't try to do the the crocodile Dundee, you know, water buffalo mesmerizing deal. They they highly discourage that actually. <laughs> and uh, Adrian, it's been a pleasure talking with you. We've known you, you guys. We got had a relationship for a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, so it actually, I'm I'm excited. I'm glad you joined us for a little bit of time, and, yeah, and I, I hope, hope you get some doing. business out of this. I really do. I hope those guys in Australia call you and buy your stuff from you guys because you guys are doing it right. Yeah, cool. Great talking to you guys. And like I said, look forward to talking to you again. And um, we'll talk about these after I've been out for a, for a hunt. So 
We'll try to break it, then then tell us what you did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to ask myself a technical advice because no one else knows much about it at the moment. So, yeah, it's making it up as a go. <laughs> you're, you're the expert, man. All right. Well, right. Up. See you later, guys. Yep. Thank, Thank you. you.